Around the Saddest Mexican Podcast. Chico, bro. You're not about this. I was wondering what color you would have. I, uh, I fucks with the grapefruit. I always get nervous when I get radio types like you on the fucking, oh, on please. the podcast, bro. Oh, please. It's like you talk to somebody and like I text with you more than I talk to you on the phone. So when I talk to you on the phone, I'm like, oh shit, that's a polished fucking voice. You can tell that that dude's been on the radio. I think the first question I asked you as I walked in is, what is your broadcasting experience? Because Zero. I feel like you actually have like a really good, you have a broadcaster's voice. Fake it till you make it, playboy. Yeah, like, those, like, I, I don't know. I, Dude, I, when I was little, like I, like I told you, I used to fuck around and turn down the volume and like, oh, now batting. You know, like stuff like that. Or I would listen to uh, AM radio or Mexican radio and they would talk about the traffic leading. That's a big deal. When you're in San Diego or when you're in TJ and you're trying to get across the border in either which way, mm-hmm. you always like try to find out. This was before like uh, apps and websites and shit. You have to find out what the fuck is the line looking like? I don't want to go cross the border back into the States and it's going to be a four hour wait. Might as well just hang out here with family, drink, maybe even spend the night. A lot of uncertainty that way, right? Yeah, bro. I Darren and I, when, when we would go down um, to Tijuana to go down to Cholos Games, uh, we would definitely have to check, like, what what is that wait? And things are much easier. Dude, so yeah, because before we'd just be, we'd be that connected to the fucking, the, the radio, like, okay, what's going on? Oh, and then you'd hear it. Precisamente ahorita en Tijuana se encuentran 15 carriles con cuatro carros por... Like, and I, I don't know, I always liked that. I've romanticized that voice, bro. So you actually would turn <laughs> down the volume and you would do the broadcast. Yeah, I don't. I was a weenie. I would have a little, uh, a little binder, a little booklet, a little one of those spiralless uh, notebooks, yeah. and I would, <laughs> I would go ahead and create a box score, you know. And I did this for Padre games, and I did this for a video game on Nintendo called Baseball Stars. So there was a video game on Nintendo called Baseball Stars, and you could edit the players. So in essence, you could create a whole a whole roster of fucking players. I'm taking you deep into the brain of a weenie, of a fucking geek, I'm, bro. I'm imagining you like creating your team of all the little leaguers you play. Bro, with. That, I, I did it's make like some, all your best friends. My friends in. were on there. There was a dude named Errol. You know, like all like the, these guys were in there. And then I would sprinkle in like a Gary Sheffield because this was like around the time of a um, RBI baseball, like on Nintendo mm-hmm. and all that shit. So there was no way to like save a game and like stat keep a game. So I would have created all and I'd be like, all right, this guy's this. And I'd keep score of the video game and be playing the game and who got what hit. At what point in your life did you want to be the Padres play-by-play broadcast? Never, dog. Never. And I would be the most fucking homer, the most biased. Yeah. I know there's a lot of those fools right now, but I mean, I don't know. I just, I just enjoy doing it. I'm a numbers guy. I love stats. And then I would go back and be like, oh, let's see. I played 10 games with my little baseball stars team. Oh, looks like this guy leads the league in stolen bases. All right. I was a nerd, bro. Wow. I was a big time fucking nerd. I like it though. That's good. I'm, I'm imagining you just doing play by play, just pretty much saying exactly what the broadcasters would say, but a second before they <laughs> did. It's like, you know what? I should be doing this. And now you, my friend, are a nerd as well. Yes. And I wanted to bring you on the podcast because we have a lot of a lot of connections. We've we've known each other over a few years, definitely since the brewery opened. Jordan Carruth, bro. What What's is happening? What's up, dog? Tell me, tell me how you've been. Congratulations on fucking the child. Thank Luca, you. 10 months old. Yes. I hear he's day trading already. He is. Oh, nice. He, is, uh, he invested wisely into GameStop, so that was very nice. nice. How's all- he looking at Torchlight right now? He, Good for him. He's already <laughs> taking care of his uh, college tuition, which is, which is, no, none of that has happened, actually. I wish I wish he was doing that. I could definitely use the help. Uh, life's good. Just did, a, just did an interview with Darren Smith. Darren outside Smith. Three Punk Ales. I asked him where he was. I said, Darren, I'm down here in Chula Vista. I'm drinking a beer. We got Tacos El Gordo down the street. We can get some food. <laughs> 
where are you? And he said he was doing AM radio. AM radio, bro. AM radio. I love AM radio. <laughs> I do too. I worked in it forever since Damn. I was like 14 or something. I used to listen to all that conservative uh, AM radio before it was like classified as conservative political radio. Like it, I, it was in the title, like the Mike Savage or whatever the Savage show was. And then Rush Limbaugh, RIP, like all of those guys I would listen to. I didn't agree with any of the shit they were saying, but I was like, oh, wow, these guys are like dickheads. You were just listening to them as broadcast. Yeah, I loved their voice. You know, I grew up loving radio. Yeah, uh, I I really didn't grow up loving radio. I remember as a kid growing up in San Diego in North County. I grew up in Vista, not Chula Vista. I grew up in Vista. We put the Chula in Vista, Vato. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Good views, both sides. Uh, So I remember listening. My dad would listen to Hacksaw. Uh I I would remember 690 being on in his truck. Um, construction worker. From Chula Vista to Santee. Yeah, my dad, construction worker, driving around in your, the Ford F-150 with the, the bed in the back. Like, that's that's my dad, and he's driving around. He always had, it had to have been 690 at the time. So I do remember, like, Hacksaw. Like, I, I definitely recognize the voice, but radio is not something I grew up loving. Uh, in fact, the only reason I even got into radio is because I was going to school at Palomar College up in North County, and there was a class being offered uh, for sports broadcasting, I needed to fill. I feel like that was a school that kind of focused on that. Yeah, we had, we had um, there was a teacher, John Chelesnik, who I now work with um, oh, nice. all these years later, actually. Uh, yeah, th- th- there's been some names that you know that came out of Palomar. So that's when I really got into it for the first time. I needed to fill a class on my schedule. And the uh, the very first night of that class, it was a night class, 6 to 8.30 is what it was on Thursday nights of Inchi Palomar. Mimi's time class, dog. I'd, probably, I'd be falling asleep that late. I, Jesus Christ. This is, this is back in the day. The night had just started. Um, so that's that's when I first falling. That's when I first started to fall in love with radio. It was, a, it was an opportunity. I'm like, I don't know. I never thought about doing this. Um, but it was fun. We had a lot of fun in the, the college radio station, KKSM. We, we did a weekly show. Look at you. Uh, you ultimately parlayed that into a gig, a yeah, legit gig. So I started interning at 1090. Um, and then I cut my internship short, actually. I was not a very good intern. I don't know why they hired me. Um, but I cut my internship short. I say that because I bailed on them like a couple months in. I got a job in the Midwest to do summer collegiate baseball for a team called the Chillicothe Mudcats. Los Chillicothe Mudcats. Where are they from? They are from Chillicothe, Missouri. Missouri, the show me state. Yes. Nice. Look at you. Um, so I spent a summer out there and that was my first paid gig in broadcasting. So I left 1090, uh, my internship with 1090 to go do that. And I think that really- You went to live in Missouri? For a couple months, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I had a host mom. How was um, that? It was fun. It was a ton of fun because you have a collection of people coming in from all over the world. Players, it's a summer collegiate baseball team. So guys from Florida, guys from Texas, guys from California. I, it was from everywhere. No one knew each other. Any players make it big from that group? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. And they all come into this small town where you don't know anyone, you hardly know each other, and you're starting to get to know each other. And so it's a lot of fun. It's a great experience. I'm so glad I did it. Um, I had a lot of friends in San Diego. Like, are you serious? Like, it's summertime. Like, we're, we're about to go to the beach every single day for the next three months. And I said, you know, I'm going to go to Chillicothe, Missouri. I'm going to check this out. It was a lot of fun. I think the... The very first night I was there, someone asked me, there was a kid who was outside of his house, like riding his bike. And as, as I was just walking around town, getting a feel for it, he comes up to me, he's like, I heard you're from San Diego. You're from <laughs> Southern California. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm really excited to be here. What's your name? He's like, are you neighbors with Miley Cyrus? Boom. Miley Cyrus is from San Diego? No. Are you neighbors with her? No, I'm uh, not. Not with any of that. And so I'm like, no, what are you talking about? But I guess there was just this idea that if you're from Southern <laughs> California, your neighbor is someone very, very famous. So. You know a Mexican? 
Do you know what Mexicans look like? <laughs> you're like, been, yes, I have been to Mexico. <laughs> Damn, dude. So you went out there simply to follow or start your career in broadcasting. Yeah, I did it for fun. And then you came back. And then I came back. 1090 offered me, um, essentially offered me a job as I was out there. Um, they said, as soon as you come back, like we want to interview you. And they, they did hire me. I was very lucky to get hired. Jack Cronin, who people probably know, the voice of the San voice Diego of Loyal, yeah. um, hired me at 1090. Um, spent a couple of years working at Petco Park in the evenings, working Padres broadcasts. This is back when 1090 had Padres rights. So I was with like Coach Quintera, uh, making sure his wires were plugged in down on the field. <laughs> uh, I was doing like post-game scoreboard updates on the post-game show. That's where I remember you the most, like before we met. Really? Yeah, I That's- remember you saying your name on the radio. Okay. And then I was like, oh. Oh, right. this and then, no, no, no. Cause then ultimately our, our, our paths would cross. I'm like, I remember this fucking name from right. somewhere. And that was the, we had some, there was a lot of fun because that was the studio at Petco park. It's now the hall of fame mm. that remember. Oh, the, okay. Remember That's where it is. All right. used to be down on the bottom of the Western metal supply building. I know where the hall of fame one is. I, I didn't know that was a radio station. It used oh, to be wow. a broadcast. Center. No idea. Yeah. Cool. So that's where we used to do our pregame show out of there. We did postgame shows out of there. Um, so we just had a lot of fun. Is that my phone? Wow. I'm sorry. Damn. You're a professional broadcaster. You yeah, say it's very Fucking rare that that's on. That might be the first time ring is on. The only reason <laughs> I will explain this. The only reason the ringer was on right there is because I couldn't miss that phone call from Darren Dude, Smith. You can't ever miss this. Uh, Darren Smith phone I, call. I man. missed the phone call last time before coming on. He, he wasn't happy. Dude. I'm excited that. Using this podcast, <laughs> I'm using it as a platform to just kind of reach out to people that, you know, like I've listened to and people always reach out to me. You got a lot of radio people coming on lately. I was like, I know, man, these are you the do. dudes. What is wrong? With I don't you? know. I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for your industry, bro. I thought you wanted this to be a good dude, podcast. Dude, it is a, it's an awesome podcast. You know, like all the people lately that I've been bringing in about Danielle from 91X, fucking killer. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. We kind of got lost. We in the same building as 91X. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember going up there to visit you guys mm-hmm. and take you beer. Um, and and she, you know, like everybody has a story on why they wanted to do it and the background and how they got started. Most people didn't even want to be in fucking radio. It just kind of happened, you know? So yeah. And then I talked to fucking, uh, Steven Woods, Mm -hmm. you know, and and he has a fucking story. He didn't want to be a radio. It was in sales. And then ultimately it just kind of stumbled upon it. And now he does his thing. Mm -hmm. I enjoy these conversations and, 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 and just by the people reaching out to me, it's like, Oh, cool. You guys enjoy them too. I mean, ours is a little bit more personal because we knew we knew each other. Yeah. You know, you had the Unnamed Soccer Podcast that we're going to get into. We made a beer together called Golsh that we're going to get into. I mean, but I wanted to know the beginnings, you know. Yeah. I classify a friend as somebody that I've had a drink with. I've had a smoke with. We've had a chat with. We've done all of those in one day. We have. You know, the last time we actually hung out together pre-COVID was at a Padre game. And the ritual remains like I, I always go over the on these episodes, like, what is my ritual going to Padre Kim? This is a fucking ritual. You know, you, you don't, just don't show up to the game and then run and get to your seat. And that's a wrap. It's like, no, you get to the parking lot, light one up, rah, rah, then you go have a drink, get in your seat. I don't remember that game at all, brother. I don't know. about. You. <laughs> um, I remember parts of that day. I, I remember having to turn something down in the parking lot, uh, a job. There was a big day in my life, actually, the last time you and I hung out. There was an opportunity to- I'm happy I could be there for you. Yeah, you actually, you, you, like you said, you don't remember it, but I do because <laughs> you actually played a very big impact on me that day and you were a really positive influence on me that day and I needed it because I was going through the decision of whether I wanted to hop on with iHeart and continue on with the Darren Smith show. And so I'm weighing everything and I had mul- there I had a lot of things going on. Uh, it had been months since 1090 had shut down. And so like I I was busy, I was doing stuff. And so like I, I had this really heavy weight on me like do I want to continue? 
And I had the conversation. I spoke it out. I reached out, um, had the conversation with iHeart in the parking lot. Then I went up, told them everything that was going through my mind. We're on the same page and like ended that extremely well, a great relationship. And then I remember going up to the uh, rooftop with you getting ready mentally for the game. And then uh, we rolled right into Petco Park and enjoyed it. Yeah, that was the last time you and I hung out. Since then, COVID, um, I've had a kid. Uh, you bought a house, we, I think? Yeah, probably. That, yeah. I think that's when it happened too, because you, you've been just hitting me with updates. I'm like, damn, dude, look at you. And so I went, <laughs> it was like a matter of a week. I was like 29 and single to being 30 and married. Because like I got married a couple, I think it was nine days after my 30th birthday. So I always remember thinking like I was 29 and technically single, like I was engaged, but we're talking about marriage. And so a week later, you're 30 and married after being 29 and single. It, it, life comes at you fast, right? Look at you. All grown's up, bro. All grown up. Yeah, we're going to have to go back to Padre games now that we're fucking up and running again. I yeah. can't wait. I mean, those... There's no better. I mean, I, I like going to bars and hanging out with dudes, you know, and hanging out and just like, you know, being friends and shit. But I enjoy going to a pottery game. I feel like that's like where you really solidify a relationship. For now, it's like my brother-in-law and I, and I go to a lot of the games and then I'll take wifey or he'll take his wifey or we'll take our kids, you know? So it's for me, that's that's my religion. That's my church, going to a pottery game and just hanging out with the homies, hanging out with friends, you know? Yeah. So thank you for being a part of that. Hey, I'm grateful to be a part of that family. So I grew up in North County. We didn't always go down to the queue at the time mm. or Petco Park later. We wouldn't make that journey. There's a lot of people in North County who are like, you kidding me? You want me to go to downtown in the middle of the week? That's not going to happen. Um, so that's kind Dude, of- Dude, North County's far. Yeah, it, it's- well, I don't leave Chula Vista. I can't imagine fucking going to North County. Yeah, when was the last time you were in Vista? Never. You've never been to Vista? Uh, Let me show fuck. you around Vista. I've been to Vista, I think. I've been to Escondido. RBV, I've been, I've been to Vista. horns, baby. Fuck, nah, I'd rather stay south of the 54. And when I say that, fools are like, where's the 54? It's like, we're, do you mean the 52? I'm like, no, what the fuck is the 52? I was like, you got about the 78? What <laughs> I was like, I don't know 76? any of these things, bro. I know the 54, and if I'm feeling really sassy, we're going to the 8 and the 94. That's as far as it gets, you know? Yeah. But- I'm happy being down here and I'm happy. I, I'm happy being closer down here. Like growing up in North County, it's, it's nice, um, but it's a different world. It very much is a different world. I've, I've very much enjoyed my time uh, down here a little bit closer to the city, making trips down to Tijuana, uh, obviously going to more Padre. Dude, games. what's up with the Cholos? What's up with the Cholos? What's up with the Cholos? You guys were heavy into the game once upon a time, we bro. We would go down there you, every single week. I we remember. We would go down to that stadium before anything was really getting built up the way it is now. That stadium, I don't know the last time you've been down there, but that stadium is gorgeous. Dude, I can tell you the last time I've been down there. I went, it was against, uh, it was... Corinthians against fucking Cholos. It was Ronaldinho was playing. It was uh, the, was it the Champions League? Yeah, the Libertadores. Yeah, yeah, it was Libertadores. That was the last time I played <sighs> or played or watched the match down there. Uh, I was at that match. Did we go together? I don't think so. I don't think I don't we think did. we went down there together. Cause you and Darren, gone to a show no, we haven't. I mean, you guys, you guys do it right from what I remember. Cause there's just like a pottery game. There's a fucking tradition when you go to a Cholos match, you go to a Cholos match, you go to the border, you walk across, yeah. you go through Puebla, you grab some tacos, you stop at the Caliente, you drop a couple bets, you got tickets in your pocket, you grab a taxi, uh, and then you cruise over to uh, Calimax, right across the street from the stadium, Caliente Stadium. You know, you go in there, la la la, grab a couple of kawamas, and that's unnecessary because for people who have gone to these matches down in Tijuas, you go into the parking lot and the whole parking lot is a tailgate facility. There's not like, oh, well, let's make sure we lock up and uh, get inside to the stadium and sit down and grab our concessions. No, man. 
Some of these motherfuckers don't make it inside to the stadium. The fucking kickoff starts and they're still out here drinking kawamas. There's fucking bandas are playing bah, loud. It's amazing. What I didn't realize is that that tailgate scene really isn't all that common in Mexico. It's only common in TJ, right? Like this is the only stadium. In and Liga. it doesn't stop in football, bro. It, it, it transcends over to Los Toros and the TJ Toros game. I don't know if you've gotten to those games. Uh, you can see that stadium Dude, from Estadio Kelly. There is the same uh, ambiance that goes on in the Cholos parking lot, but it happens in the Toros stadium inside so there's bands playing and there's beers flowing and there's food food being distributed throughout the stadium we need that shit up here bro yeah dude, you know it's, those games are fun the tailgate scene because there's like you said music the food plenty of beer i mean you could go in there they're pouring when you go into the games they pour dude, two beers times. into a two cup times, bro. Like that's a whole different video we don't want to watch the two i thought this was on, a podcast come on, We're guy. To talk about what, what drew you guys down to the cholos bro I think the experience, really. Yeah. I think going down and like we would do the radio show. Typically, the matches would be on a Friday. Occasionally, they had a, a couple Saturday matches, and we would always push for those because we wanted to go down and spend an entire day in TJ. You know, like we wanted to go down and find some food, get some mm -hmm. drinks, eventually get to the stadium, maybe HK, get whatever. Yeah, you got to do whatever you got to do. Damn, so, dog, tell me you, you I didn't lose you on the HK reference. I, Hong Kong. Out of a boy. And so <laughs> typically the games, though, were on Friday. Yeah. And so we would do the radio show. 6 p.m. matches on Friday were we'd the have to, worst. We'd have to boogie. So we would be done with the radio show at 3. Um, we would already determine who's driving that day. We'd get straight into the parking lot and we would just bolt straight down, park at the border. We would walk across, get a taxi to the stadium, uh, get some food and some drinks before going yep. in. Caliente would, would be another stop as well. Like you said, make a couple bets on the Padres probably that Probably night. some college football as well. Probably, it's Friday, I you know? Probably did a lot of that actually. You would go to work, fool? We, if we were going to a Cholos match on Friday, we would not show up to work. We would call in sick and we would be in TJ by noon. We would already be living it up. By the time the game started, bro, we would have. <laughs> Why do you think I got out of AM radio? It's the middle of the day on a Friday. Oh, I'm at three punk kills right now. This is fantastic. It is Friday. I don't even know anymore, dude. I don't know what time it is, what day it is, anything. I only know like, okay, who's who am I hanging out with today? You know, oh, okay, it's Jordan. Okay, cool. And I tell wifey, how long are you going to be? And it's like, ah, I'll be back in a couple hours, you know? Because in the morning, like you, you have a busy schedule. You wanted to drop dick early and be like, well, let's compare schedules, Steve. Because I think I, I'm going to give you a run for I your money. Don't believe that's how that conversation um, went. I think that was me complimenting you. No, you no, are. motherfucker. You're like, you know what? I think I'll give you a run for your money. And I was like, all right, cool. I mean, by all means, take the crown. I, I do not want to be that guy. No, 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 no. That's the goal is not to have to do that. So AM radio took up a lot of your time when you were younger. Uh, it did. So we'd go down to TJ all the time with Darren for the Sholos matches, of Fuck course, yeah. working with uh, the Padres broadcast yeah. were always a lot of fun. Then there were a couple of years with San Diego State. Uh, we were the home of the football and basketball broadcast. Highlight of your career? Home, working at 1090? Uh, one of the highlights. Yeah. I mean, one of them. It, it seems because my, my book is, we're a chapter in. It's, bro, you know, I, 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 every time I hear you talk about everything you did at 1090, I'm like, that's the shit. That is awesome. I had so much fun working with San Diego State at 1090 because we would travel for football. Uh, basketball, I did not travel. I would do the home, the home games. Home games. And so I'd go down there. I'd do pre-half and post. But traveling for football was a lot of fun because you get you get that team environment. And that's what I really, really love. I love working around a team. That's what really got me into it. My first job, like I spoke about earlier, was working for a team as the play-by-play -play broadcaster, the Chillicothe Mudcats. So I've always enjoyed working around a team, for a team, enhancing that and like bringing a spotlight to a team. Uh, AM radio, like actually hosting a show, was never something that I had a lot of experience in. And it was never something where I need to do this. I have to do this. I've done it. Yeah. And I do enjoy it. And I really did it. Do. And you did it well. 
But what I really enjoy about the industry is that it was always different every single day. You're talking about different things every day, but also you have to do so many different things in this industry. So attaching myself to San Diego State and working when I can with football and basketball, clearly things changed once they moved on from 1090 and joined iHeart, but continuing to work now with San Diego State baseball and with the soccer programs there. And then the same thing with USD, um, Live by Live, all that other stuff. So I knew I would have to do a bunch of different things. I've always known that. And I think I finally got to a spot where I had enough other things going on where I can kind of focus on them too. Tell me more about this team aspect. Is there a certain response? I've always, I'm always curious because you always uh, see, oh, I'm the team reporter for the, the Chargers or the, the Padres. Yeah. The do you build a, really don't... do you build like a relationship with the players? What I like about it is you have a better opportunity to tell those stories and kind of showcase the, the positives and everything that the club in San Diego, we can use San Diego loyal as an example, because Darren and I are doing pre and post um, for San Diego Loyal again this upcoming season. And we started last year and it's been a ton of fun. It and is. It's been extremely rewarding. And it's and awesome to see. It's so fun to see. And it's so fun to be around the team and interacting with the players and learning about them because these aren't the guys that are making hundreds of millions of dollars. Passion, who don't bro. have time for you. Like these are guys that like, can we go to three punk after the match? They want all of it, bro. They, 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 they crave it. It's like they worked all, all of their lives to get this break to play for the USL championship in San Diego as an expansion club in a hungry fucking city that's just revving their engines to support something and someone. Yeah. You know, there's a big fucking void to fill ever since the Chargers dipped, ever since the Clippers dipped, ever since everyone has dipped except the Padres and the Soccers and like even the goals dipped for a little bit. But it's like having the loyal down here, that's a whole different game, man. Like, especially for, for dudes like me that grew up loving soccer, loving it all, and then having our own squad. And then having you and Darren, like you said, on the pre and post, just kind of sitting down. My favorite part is the breakdown. You guys have beers. You guys are hanging out. You guys have a player coming up. And ah, how'd you feel about this? And they're not, they're very candid. They tell you everything. That's what I like, man. You don't get that in like a major sports arena. Yeah. So like doing talk radio, it's your job to kind of have a hot take, right? You need to have a strong opinion. You need to stick by it. It can't always be something where you're sticking up for the team. Mm -hmm. Like It's a very different world. And at times it's not something I always love. Again, I said like being a sports talk show host, like I've done it and I would be open-minded to doing it, but like it wasn't the only thing I ever focused on. And what I really loved about working in Chillicothe and then working with San Diego State and USD and now San Diego Loyal, uh, it's just having that team aspect. You're closer to the team. You learn more about their stories and you feel there's just, it's more rewarding. They look for, forward to talking to you guys it's too, more probably. rewarding for me, uh-huh. which I mean, I don't know if that's the most important thing, but like if it's my decision to be doing this, then yeah, I think that definitely factors in. And so it's it's been very rewarding actually working around teams itself. And so yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. I'm excited for the season. When does start. it start? It starts very soon. Shitty the end, preseason. The end of April. What do you mean? Ah, I just don't like not being able to watch matches. Talk, oh, okay, not being able to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like you know, I'm pretty familiar with the squad yeah. and and the dynamics and everything. But it's like I get it. We're still very young in the preseason, sure. though, which is something I didn't really realize. And that's something that's going to be different for us this year. Um, not just the players and the team, but for Darren and I, all of a sudden we're playing a 32 game schedule. Like this is not your 16, 17 yeah. games yeah. from last year where you're playing the same four teams over and over and over again. Like this is going to feel real. Like this is going to feel bigger. There will be fans inside the stadium. So like that one game, <laughs> like that like one, game. one game we had and it's <laughs> ripped away. And so you, you get this sold out crowd and all the fun that came with that. And Darren and I had a ton of fun that night. 
Uh, we're, we're excited to actually have fans. We're excited to actually use a crowd mic again. How about Did, that? Were you able to parlay this gig? One, obviously based on Mary, you, there's, in San Diego, there's no more knowledgeable dudes than you and Darren as it relates to football. Anything as it relates to just like soccer. It's like, I feel like you guys are the go-to dudes. What I really loved about how the club reached out was saying, we want you guys to do what you do. Like we want you to be the unnamed soccer podcast Perfect. on the show. We don't want you to come on and be the loyal pre and the loyal post. And that's what we're there to do. Like we're getting you ready for a match and we're hyping you up for it and we're letting you know everything you need to know. And then after the match, we'll talk with someone, we'll break it down, we'll set you up for the following week. Like we're, we're doing that part, but it's just, it's been a lot of fun. I'm excited for the season to start. The preseason is, we got what, like, how many more games to I don't go? Even know. I think it's two more. You get Seattle, you get Cal State, Fullerton. But we don't start the season until the end of April. You're starting on the road uh, for the first few. And the broadcast uh, announcement just came out this week from the league. The first two games are going to be on national television. Oofa. One of them on ESPN2. I think the other one on Deportes. Um, I could have that one wrong, but I know I, the first- I like it on Deportes better, bro. Do you? It's so fucking, it's flavor, dog. It's just like, ah. I prefer that broadcast yeah, as well. That yeah. broadcast is- No knock on anybody else, but I just enjoy the Deportes broadcast a little bit better. Listen, we can compliment people who do a very good job with what they do and without tearing someone else For down. For sure. ESPN Deportes does, and I agree with you. I would prefer to consume that broadcast. It's just my preference. That's what I- that's what I like more. Um, and so the first two will be nationally syndicated. And then you get the local broadcast pretty much the rest of the way, uh, which is going to be a bunch of fun. This year. Jack Cronin, yeah. the voice, uh, of course, Darren and I, Nate Abarea, of course. And so it's just it's just going to be a lot of fun to have those guys back. And I think the biggest thing for us, it's going to be so fun to do that show again when there's actually fans inside fans, the building. Oh, like we would go to other places for when they're on the road and we would host shows from different places and you couldn't really have fans there too. And like, that was part of it. Not only did we lose fans inside the stadium, when we were doing our show, when they were on the road and we would do it at Stone Up in Liberty Station, like we couldn't have anyone there. And like, that's part of our show. What we are, what Darren and I are, aren't X's and O's. Like here's the tactics of everything you need to know. Like, yeah, you can find that. That's we were fine. playing a four, two, three and a, and it's a, I, I do think there it's important. It's just, that's not what we're going to do on that podcast. And that's what I really love about what San Diego loyal did. They're like, we want you to be you. And like, what more can you ask from someone? Um, whether it's like business as a parent or anyone. So I just love the approach that they've had on so many different levels. And that being one of them, they just let us be us and let us have fun. And I mean, we've, We've been talking about soccer in San Diego for years, yes, even without have. having even a team. without having any affiliates or anything down here, I mean, bro. So I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Like we just enjoy it. And it like, was we, it, to the point. I feel like uh, <laughs> probably people who listen to tonight is like, "Why are you guys talking so much about soccer? Are you kidding me? There's we got like, that all the time." I was like, "There's nobody in San Diego even remotely like important in the soccer world." You uh, know, I'm you, like, I, we would get some really stupid messages. I don't doubt about, it, bro. Like, I don't doubt it. That we were uh, accused of going down to Tijuana games just to get like radio ratings in Mexico or something. I'm like, I don't think you understand how ratings <laughs> That's work. That's not how business. it works. Not how this works at all. <laughs> in fact, everyone is telling us like not to do this and we're not listening. Like we're going to continue to talk like, about We're going this. to TJ to watch the HK girls. I'm Cholos, the Cholos, bro. We're, we're crazy we're watching, guy. <laughs> uh, we're watching Club Tijuana. We're watching uh, Estadio Caliente. We're there's there's there a before. shit ton of podcasts, bro. There's a shit ton of soccer podcasts. I've heard all of them at least once just to make sure I'm not missing out on anything. Mm. But as it relates to things that like really pique my interest, I've always been, I've always been a fanboy of both you and Darren and Marty. Like I, I just kind of like through my life, just always been like always tuning in. Boom. Oh, where are they at now? Okay. Boom. Tune in there and just kind of following what you do. 
So it was obvious that when you guys started up your, your podcast, the unnamed soccer podcast, it's like, fuck, this is going to be cool. This is going to be awesome. So yeah, I, I listened to it. I fell in love with it. The format was perfect. The way you have field correspondence out for like the Bundesliga, or you had somebody coming in from Mexico, La Liga MX. Tell me about why you did that podcast. How is it going now? When are we redoing Golsh? Yeah. What's the Let's word? Let's talk about Golsh. Let's get the return of Golsh ASAP. So the Unnamed Soccer Podcast has been very, very fortunate and lucky to have an amazing sponsor like Three Punk Ales. And you guys have supported us and you continue to support us. And Well, we've now been, that we're open, we're back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and we have been very lucky to have you. We've been lucky to have sport clips in our corner as well. Um, the podcast started basically kind of what I was just hinting at there. Like you couldn't really talk about soccer for three hours during the radio show, even though maybe sometimes you wanted to, like maybe sometimes champions league was going on in the middle of the week. And two thirds of that show was pretty interested in what was happening on the television while Marty was having to break down the NFL draft. <laughs> and so like, it, it kind of turned into something where like, we need to talk about this. We can't always do it on the radio show. So let's stick around. Let's do a podcast after the show. It originally started as the unnamed soccer show I believe the very first episode was actually on video. We used a brand new video room that 1090 had put together, slapped together. Um, and so we did like the first couple on video. And I'm like, let's just, I think Darren and Darren and I both had the conversation. Like, oh, let's just make this a podcast, you know? Like, let's just talk about it. What other podcasts are you going to go to Missoula, Montana to get a Bundesliga report? There it is. I mean, you got to go to <laughs> Missoula, Montana. That's the spot. Tim Stoop, shout out. So it's it was a product of us really enjoying something that we didn't always get to talk about on the radio show and we wanted to. And so we did the podcast and really what it turned into, like I said, it's not X's and O's or anything like that. It's just mostly like shitting on Manchester United. It's making fun of Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> yeah. and it's making fun of Manchester United's pink jerseys. And hey so buddy, watch your mouth. <laughs> and so we just wanted to have a bunch of fun. And I think we, we do an okay job of that. And we've done it for years now. Like, I can't believe how long it's already been. It's already been like six, seven years. That's we've been crazy, doing that man. Podcast, That's crazy. Is- and along the way, you guys have built up like a supporter groups that follow you guys and and vice versa. I mean, everybody knows Darren's a big Barca fan. So he created it. I forget the name of the the supporter group. The Pena. Yeah. Okay. The Pena. Pena. Yeah. And and it's cool because like everybody, it's an, it's an ambiance, bro. It's an event. It's a religion. Like, oh, it's match day. Let's go down to whatever spot we're going to go hang out at tonight and watch the match. Everyone's out there. And you guys hype that up. Like when you would release your shows and give breakdowns and stuff. I love that part of it. I think that's such a cool thing. Uh, Shakespeare is the home of like Chelsea fans. I think United fans go there too, but they should be going to three punk. <laughs> all of them. I, I was, it's one of my favorite parts. So like we, for a long time, we didn't have a club to really break down or talk about or kind of like focus our attention in. And we've been more focused on loyal lately, but it's still not the only thing we talk about on that podcast. So we've been able to focus a little bit more in on loyal and it's, it's just been a bunch of fun. Well, yeah, man. Yeah. Once upon a time, we, 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 we flirted with the idea of making a beer and that beer was going to be very football related, very influenced by all of the likes, you know, you're a big Chelsea fan. I don't know what the fuck, why Darren's a big Barca fan. You know, I'm a big United fan and we have Mm -hmm. a bunch of people that are all big supporters of EPL. We're like, fuck, let's make a beer. Let's, let's create something that, you know, kind of highlights everything that you guys have done for the local community of the soccer community. We came up with the name Golsh. Killer fucking name because the beer style is a Kolsch. So, you know, a lot of weed went into this and and, and we came up with the name Golsch. It sold out quickly, bud. It Did sold it? out quickly. Oh, 
Extremely fast. Yeah. yeah, it was one of those beers. One, it's a great, easy drinking beer. It's so you it's drink it. It's perfect like, for it, Darren. And one I. leads to another, leads to another, and you're still not feeling over overwhelmed. And two, everything that it represented. San Diego historically is a big soccer town, bro. We don't have any major league soccer. We don't have a professional team back then. Right. And and we were always in the top tier of ratings as it related to international friendlies, uh, World Cup matches, any match. We're always in the top tier as it relates to ratings. So it's like people are here for that. People want that. So when we came out with that, I remember it was it was awesome. But redoing that beer right now. What? It's going to be available in four packs. We're going to push it with its own actual label. We're going to push it to local vendors down here. We're going to take it up to the loyal people and say, you know what, Stone, we get it, bro. You drop big dick here in San Diego. Let some of the little guys come in and do a little, uh, uh, you know? I am uh, working to get a keg of Golsh inside those offices. There it is, bro. Let's get it done. So, I mean, that is awesome. For me, it's like there's no bigger, uh, there's no bigger, like, fucking, ah. Uh, we're friends. Let's collaborate and make a beer. We're very lucky that you, know? you were willing to do this for us because if anyone thinks that Darren and I had like a huge factor in any of this where we were making the beer or doing any of that. I mean, you can, bro. We, no. <laughs> and it's better that we're not involved with any of that. So, I mean, the thank you goes to you. And you're right. It was a ton of fun. And what better beer to have inside Torero Stadium oh for God. San Diego Loyal matches? Right? Are you allowed to bring BYOB or is it strictly like... We, we won't say, but if you should sneak in why, a four pack why, why of Why are you Golsh. making me answer these questions? Let's talk <laughs> if, about Tijuana if, if you can go and sneak in a four pack of Golsh or even a Crowler with the Golsh label on there, I want to see fucking photos, man. I want to see pictures. I want to see the players out. I know you got an obligation to stone. I know you got to do that. But if one day you should just kind of have to sit down and have a four pack, one of the players start of the game. Hey, Sal, it's cracking. Here you go. Have a nice little Golsh brought to you by the Unnamed Soccer Podcast and Three Punk Ales. And that's what we do on the Postman Show. We <laughs> give away beer. That's kind of our responsibility there. You, I think one of the phrases we're definitely using again this year is score goals, win beers. There it is. And that's what it is. If you're scoring goals for SD Loyal, you're likely going to be on that Postman Show, which means you're likely going Speaking to be Speaking of beers. scoring goals, bro, I'm going to play you a clip from the past. Que golazo, Steve Garcia. That's for the people from the South Bay, motherfucker. Woo! You were there for this moment. This is the celebrity match. <laughs> yeah. right, I did not get a heads up on this. That's so the celebrity match. Right? I always get clowned because I always play that clip, but that clip is fucking awesome because Nate Aburrea is just doing his thing. You know how hype our boy is, bro. He gets on there Love and me. he's full of fucking passion. Anything he does, I've been catching his live streams where he's on there a spitting poetry and, 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 and it's awesome. I just love, he's a great positive energy to be around. Mm -hmm. We were in that game together, bro. We were fucking teammates. We were teammates. We, we lost, I think. I, I think I think I scored the tying goal, bro. We and did then not the game stop. And then that's fine. I'll take a draw. But um that's how close we are. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I it's like dude. sneaking <laughs> off to a different locker room to drink beer with you at some point during that. It was mayhem. We drank we drank a lot of tequila that day. We smoked some we I smoked some weed. We drank a lot of beer. Goals were scored. I have a killer picture of um, you and me running down the pitch after the goal was scored. And it's like on the uh, the uh, Pachanga fucking big monitor in the sky. So I'm going to post that. I'm going to send that to you. Please it was do. just awesome, bro. It was like, so anytime it's like you, you and me are soccer. Yeah. You know, like I, we've hung out at, at a Padre game and that's awesome. But we we're did, fucking soccer. Dude, we did World Cup shows here from three. How bananas were that? Bro. Padilla and I would come down here. We do World Cup. I started doing World Cup shows for 1090. That was my first. Uh -uh. I didn't really plan on bringing this up. My first ever on-air show with 1090 
was the World Cup show in 2010. That was my first opportunity. How about this? I had won a package that, what was the music festival? Bonnaroo in Tennessee. Okay, yep. I won like everything. Airfare, um, the tickets to go for all three days of the event. They like gave you money for food. Like there was, I, I won some prize. And a couple days before Jack Cronin comes up to me, he's like, hey, like, would you be interested in hosting a World Cup show this weekend? I'm like, well, yeah, I would be interested. Like, I haven't had any on-air opportunities yet. I'm still just very much a baby in the industry at that time. Still am. Um, I said, absolutely. And so I canceled my trip. I didn't go on it. I gave it to a friend. I gave it to like one of my best friends and he took his girlfriend. They had a blast or what? They had an absolute blast. And that made me feel good too. I'm saying, you go enjoy this experience. Like you're flying out. Everything's already taken care of. The names don't really matter. So you're good. Um, Bring your girl and have a bunch of fun. And that's exactly what they did. I stayed home. I did the World Cup show. Um, And then I would do World Cup shows 2010, 2014, and again in 2018, including here. That's awesome. At Three Punk Ales. That was awesome. Those those days were bananas, bro. Yeah. When people think, people really drink beer at six in the morning, I assure you, we had people not drunk. They 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 were drunk at 7.30 in the morning, done. Mexico versus Sweden, Mexico versus uh, Germany, Mexico versus South Korea. I think we were here for Mexico, Germany. Mexico, Germany was a banger of a match, man. Nobody, nobody thought that was going to happen, you know? So it's like, we're jam packed. The news coverage is out here because word got out that, you know, we, we legitimately hosted like big, big matches. We had a lot of crowd. We have taco people outside slinging tacos. Mm -hmm. We're indoors slinging beers. Wall-to-wall fucking flags everywhere. You know, Mexico flags are just swinging. There's dudes with fucking vuvuzelas. It was an atmosphere. It was an experience. And that was like probably the highlight so far of us owning and operating this brewery here during the World Cup. You know? So I look forward to having that shit happen again next year so we can pull it off again. I think that was like one of the favorite, one of the things we loved most about the soccer podcast and really just about the soccer culture is how much more than the 90 minutes on the field that it is. Because I mean, it's, we got a taste of it growing up in San Diego. Like when the chargers were in town, at least for like my family, occasionally, very rarely we would go to a game, but like, that was such a big deal. You'd go down and it was like the tailgating. It was being with your family in the parking lot for hours before eventually making your way in. Um, so just, I, I just love everything that goes with it. It's more than just like the 90 minutes on the field, who won, who lost. Like, no, it's, it was about the gathering before it's, a it's culture, about bro. the gathering afterwards. Yeah. It's about the friends that you create and the stories and the relationships that you get from Tijuana. Yeah. And you get, uh, that's what it's all about for us. And that's what we really do try to focus on, on the podcast. And there will be times where we break down on, well, here's what happened with loyal. And like, here's why it happened with loyal. But for the most part, we want to talk about what food did you have before? Mm-hmm. What, what drinks did you have afterwards? And like, what did, what did you and your friends do? What's next for the podcast for you guys? What do you, what do you foresee that turning into? It's, it's firing on all cylinders. We've got a professional team in San Diego that you guys represent and are a major part of. Where are you taking this next? So where are we taking it next? We're going to continue just to shine a bright spotlight on the beautiful soccer culture that is in San Diego. And that is more than just San Diego loyal. And of course, we're shining a spotlight there. But like, as you said, there's supporters groups of uh, you can go to Shakespeare's. You can go to all these different places to watch fan to watch matches with fellow Chelsea fans, with Liverpool fans and Bluefoot. Yeah, you can go to Bluefoot, watch with our uh, other Arsenal fans. And so. It's so much more than just uh, SD Loyal, and it's all about just all the different bars and cultures and 
all the stories that come in. And like, that's what we, that's what we want to continue to focus on and just shine a light on. Uh, we've added a website. You can go to unnamedsoccerpod.com. You're on mm. it. There's a picture of you on one of the main pages. Lucky uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, we, we included a map on the website and we really haven't promoted it. It's really not, it's technically public because you can go look at it. We have not promoted it once um, on social media. It's we've, time. We've referenced it on the podcast, but very late. And like, we haven't, the website's ready. It's good. Like you can go to it and you can find our podcast. You can find a bunch of cool pictures. You can find all the bars in San Diego of where different clubs watch, where different supporters watch. There's a lot of really cool Dude, this stuff. is a valuable resource. It really is. It really is, man. You know, it's, a really, it's a really cool website. But like I want to continue to improve it. So I've been a little cautious to kind of just throw it out there. Fuck but, that, you know, dude. We're pimping it out today. We're going to pimp it out. We're going to put it on everyone. Unnamedsoccerpod.com. Unnamedsoccerpod.com. And we're at the stage where like if you don't like anything, you're like, why, why did you include this? Why didn't you include something like this? Let us know because I can change it. It took me way too long to actually create a website for that podcast, but I did it. Damn. How about a man, that? a man. And you're on it. Well, look at me. I know. You're a famous guy, so I reached out and I put it out. Jordan Crude is coming. Shoot some questions to this guy. Let's make him feel uncomfortable. You, you're, you're doing a very good job of it. I've got three questions for you, bro. All right. Three questions. I'm not even going to tell you who asked them. What? No, I'm sorry. I can't do that. Okay. Hit me. Why does Chelsea suck so much without Pulisic? And why don't they play him enough? Hmm. Interesting question. Um, my answer would be, unfortunately for U.S. men's national team fans, Chelsea happened to be better without Pulisic mm. as it's going so far. I hope this changes. I hope Pulisic can find his way back into the starting lineup and continue to get a bunch of minutes and play an important factor with Chelsea in the Prem, in Champions League, and you want him to fulfill everything. That Check all the boxes. You want him to do all of it, right? Here's the thing with the way it started. When he plays, they lose. When he doesn't play, they win. And it's not just because of Christian Pulisic. Obviously, he's not the reason they're losing. But for whatever reason, he's been a part of the, like, the timing hasn't been great for him. Like, he hasn't been a part of the special moments yet under a brand new manager with Thomas Tuchel. So Tuchel had time with him at Dortmund. Tuchel has already said, like, yeah, he's, he's really good off the bench. I know Christian Pulisic. And so you're like, ooh, ooh, uh-oh. Like, is he just going to be coming off the bench? Because you knew him as a 17-year-old, and that's what he was doing at that time. Um, I hope it works out. But I, at this point, you can't be surprised if they have to go somewhere else, especially with Mason Mount, who plays a very similar role, who's basically just the English version of Christian Pulisic. And I hate to say it, he's been better uh, for Chelsea. He is scoring more goals. Um, he scored his first Champions League goal this week uh, for the club. So Mason That's big for... U.S. men's national team. That's big for all American soccer, bro. What's that? To actually have Pulisic do well? Yes. Yeah, and we need him to do well. Growing we the him, sport internationally. We for need him. him to play well. But it's more than just Pulisic. Now you got Serginho mm. Des with Barcelona. You have guys all over. Um, you guys got guys playing with top-tier players, like with Ronaldo and Juve, bro. Yeah, with, Weston McKinney's yeah, with, down there. Yeah, it's like, this is awesome. Yeah, and then you have guys like uh, younger guys like DK, Daryl DK, who is now with Barnsley. I think he's technically still on loan from Orlando. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that contract worked out, but I know he's with Barnsley and he's going to be a future striker in the Premier League. Now, he's not going to be the guy that leads the league in scoring or anything, but what he has, what he possesses, his talent, his size, the way his body is constructed, he belongs in the Premier League. 
he may not make $300,000 a week like some of these guys, but for a lot of clubs who aren't your Chelsea's, who aren't your Manchester City's, there will be clubs in that league that want to play a guy like Daryl DK. So there's a lot of guys to watch. Studs. Yeah. Studs in the and pipeline, it's bro. It's very different for us. It's We're getting used to it for the first time, uh, seeing these guys, multiple players playing champions. Like, what does it mean uh, in 2022, who knows? What does it mean in 2026? Who knows? Like, what does it just, mean in the Olympics? Absolutely nothing absolutely again. Absolutely nothing in the Olympics. <laughs> Jesus and you're just, Christ. Why do we keep losing? I. God. Why are we not there yet? Yeah, it, it, to me, it feels like U.S. soccer doesn't take it all that serious. So it's tough for me to want to take it very serious. I want to. It's the Olympics. I, what, I think that, could, that would be an amazing experience. And you can grow a lot from that for a lot of those players who could potentially be playing in a World Cup in a couple of years. I don't know. Maybe they just don't take it as serious as some of the other tournaments. I don't know why. I, I would. But it bums me out, bro. They don't. Imagine, imagine having a last World Cup where the U.S. was actually in it. It would have been bananas. It was bananas from Mexico down here for El Tri. Now imagine for the U.N.'s. Because when the national team was playing the prelims and getting in, we were slam-packed for the prelims. You know, and then we had the good old Trinidad and Tobago incidents and all those matches. And it just kind of like took the air out of us. We're like, oh, and and they've been trying to fill that balloon ever since. And it's hard. It's not easy. It's not an easy balloon to fill, man. And really with a lot of fans in the States to really get their attention, you're actually going to have to do it. Like you're going to actually, you're going to have to not just qualify for the World Cup. You're going to have to make some noise in the World Cup. And then you could probably start getting some eyeballs. It's going to be hard for them. Sticking with the local boys. Paul Ariola. Yes. Thoughts. Uh, Do you like him? Love. Why is he coming back? Is it really an injury? And if it's long lasting? Yeah. So I, you just want Paul playing, right? He didn't, he didn't get a lot of minutes with swans. And so you want him playing, you want him involved. Same thing, same conversation we just had with Christian Pulisic. You want him playing at the highest level and you want him playing minutes. Um, The idea of him playing for swans in the premier league. That is, that's a great idea, isn't it? Chula Vista boy, man. It doesn't look like it's going to work out. And so he comes back to DC United um, he obviously Chula Vista. I think they said uh, they're going to buy the family's going to buy season tickets to San Diego loyal this yeah, year. Nice. But yeah, Paul has been coming on, as you know, on the show for years. Yeah. We've been going Dude, way back when he was Paul. a Cholo, bro. Mm-hmm. When he was a youngster, barely like, out fresh after like turning down UCLA. Dude, like, fresh out of high I'm school. I'm not going to play college. Yeah. Ball. Like, I'm going to go like, pro professional contract at hand. Yeah, yeah. Fresh out of a South Bay high school going down to Cholos. And I was like, all right, cool. I like this. I, so I've been following his fucking career ever since. What about Alejandro Guido? Same, same. Yeah. And so same, now he's same. actually with San Diego yep. loyal and yep. he's back. He was one of those guys. Um, you weren't sure what guys would be back because there was so much change yeah. with the roster late in the season. And there were some really big names that came in like Miguel Barry, who's obviously going to be with Columbus. Uh, you weren't sure what guys would be coming back. And I'm really, really glad Alejandro Guido is one of those. He had to. Back. He's like a Joe Musgrove story, bro. We, we need we need these local boys representing their local squads. But he's good. So, like, you know, he was with LAFC not too long ago. And so he has U.S. men's national team experience. Part of his story, obviously, injuries. And he's been able to battle back after multiple serious injuries. A lot of those happening in Tijuana. And he's just such a fun story. And he is someone who is so positive. You hang out with Alejandro Guido and you're leaving smiling because you're going to have a good time no matter what. Uh, He's just one of those people. He's positive. Uh, You like being around him. He's very talented on the field, clearly. Uh, so he's just he's just such a perfect uh, fit for San Diego loyal. He's going to wear the number 10. El you can yes. tell how much that means to him. He got like emotional talking about that, wearing the number 10 for San Diego. It's a big deal for him. And we know what that number represents in the sport. So for sure. having a guy like Alejandro Guido, is, it's a big deal. 
it's a lot of fun. And he's so talented. It's just so fun to watch him play. You've had the privilege of being around a lot of athletes in your career. Second question. Okay. Obviously, you're going to come across sour apples. You know, some 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 interviews are better than others. Okay, some some guys are douchebags. Some yeah. guys are what cool. Give me your favorite interview first. Favorite? Who's your who, Who's the interview that sticks out the most? Like, wow, that guy was rad. It was cool talking to I don't know, fucking Phil Nevin. What a what a talent. He's a good guy. Who was the best interview yeah, you had okay. and actually was a good dude? I think the most. All right, the most notable for me would be back in college radio, probably. Just because this is such a unique experience. At Palomar College, KKSM, AM 1320, shout out. <laughs> we got Ken Wisenhunt, who was preparing for the Super Bowl at the time um, with the Cardinals. Cardinals, the correct. They were getting ready to play the Steelers. I had a way to potentially track him down. And track him down, meaning like I could potentially get a request to like his email inbox. Like It's not like any real... I wasn't like calling him up or I know him or anything. Um, there was an opportunity for me to reach out. So I said, screw it. Let's do it. Let's see if he's willing to come on Palomar College Radio four Boom. days before the Super Bowl. Uh, guess who was willing to come on college radio four Hell days yeah. before the Super Bowl? Ken Wisenhunt came on. He called me. Um, I was at my dad's house at the time up in Vista. Um, and I get a call from a random number and I pick it up. I say, hello. And he's like, hey, it's uh, it's Coach Wisenhunt. I'm like, what? Who is this? He's like, it's coach, it's Ken, it's coach Wisenhut. And like, it took me a second. I'm like, what is he, who is this person? I looked at my phone again. I took the phone off of my ear and I looked at it. I'm like, what is this number? <laughs> and it's, it's an Arizona number. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you, I didn't even cross my mind that you would even follow up. So then I'm like, all right, you're calling me to just to say no. And he called me to say, yeah, let's do it. When can we do it? And so that's the most memorable. That's my favorite. That's, that's awesome, bro. That's that, a, that's a big get. Yeah. It's, and for college radio, it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. So that's why it stands out just because it's so different. And I do remember like going to 1090 later that day. Cause I was interning at 1090 at the time. And they're like, Oh, what'd you do today? Oh, I'm like, Oh, I just got done interviewing uh, Ken Wisenhut. And I remember Darren looking around the studio and I hardly knew Darren at the time. He looked over at Marty. He's like, this kid got Ken Wisenhut today. And like, kind of just looked at her and I'm like, okay, I don't like this game. <laughs> um, and so I dipped out of the studio at that point, but yeah. Darren, How competitive that is- That was the very first time Darren invited me on his show, actually. He, I was an nice. intern, I was like on the phone or something in the back. And he's like, get that kid in here. And so I come back in and like, he put me on the show. He's like, How did you just get Ken Wisenhunt? And we talked about it. Like we just did a mini segment. I don't think Marty made eye contact with me one time during that entire conversation. Uh, that's the most memorable. The worst? You want the worst? I, I want the biggest asshole. I, I want who Who did you look I at? I am and, not going to call anyone an asshole. I will. Go ahead. Um, I will say I was turned down. Now, this isn't bad. I will. Let me start by saying this is not bad. Um, and in fact, this is probably like the respectful way to do it if you don't want to do it. Um, when I was doing Padres postgame stuff, part of my responsibility down at Petco Park would be I would stand right there next to the dugout in the bottom of the ninth or the top of the ninth, whatever was happening in the game. And as soon as the game was over, I would go onto the field and I would coordinate with the media relations staff about what player we were going to interview on the post-game show. And so we would go back. It would be set up in the clubhouse itself. We had a headset in one of the walls. Uh, so you just had to open a little compartment. I would go over. I would grab the player from his locker. I would walk him back a couple feet. And all we would do is put a headset on him. And he would be able to talk with whoever was doing the post-game show at that time. And so I would do this every single night. Like this was part of my responsibility. And so 
I didn't work at 1090 during the heyday of the Padres. Like I unfortunately worked at 1090 during a lot of shitty San Diego sports stories, which (laughs) probably plays a little bit of an impact of how I view sports radio. Um, Just because you go through like such tragic deaths and you go through teams relocating. And as someone who's from San Diego, like this stuff rips my heart out. And so it wasn't always fun. Uh, Anyway, Carlos Quinton Uh (laughs) had hit like, was it a walk-off grand slam? Maybe it wasn't a walk-off grand slam. He hit the game-winning homer in the ninth. He was the man. He was the only good player on the team. Local probably. boy. No, I think Adrian was on the team probably at the time. I don't remember the roster, so I'm sorry if I, there's good players on the team. But I remember that when I went over and asked for that interview, he's like, uh, kid, no, not interested. And he like pointed at some like bullpen arm. He's like, go talk to so-and-so. Doug Brocale. Yeah, like... <laughs> If I bring that guy onto the post-game show, Carlos, I'm getting fired. <laughs> like, I, there's no way. He, he was fine. Like, he was, I don't know if he was ever known for being like the greatest with media, but does he need to be? No, he doesn't have to be. He's a ball player. So uh, that was that was why I remember like just kind of the like, dude, are you kidding me? You're no, I'm not doing this interview. Go away. Go find someone else. And I'm like, Carl, like you just hit the game winning home run. Like everyone, we just finished. Like they as soon as the Padres. What win, a weenie. Like, he like they would play music. They had a light show in the clubhouse. Like it was a party after wins, and so it was so fun to be a part of that. And like he's the guy for it. And it's like, all right, now let's get you on for the post game interview. He's like, nope, not interested. And it's fine. Like it's totally his choice. I really had great experiences. I didn't have a lot of. How was Adrian Gonzalez? Good. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I actually inter- interviewed Adrian Gonzalez. Um, but yeah, he's good. 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 Good, good, good. good, mm, good interesting. Good. <laughs> I really, I really did. I wish I had more for you on Adrian Gonzalez. I, I just don't. I don't have a lot of. Interest. How competitive is your industry, bro? Like honestly, I, I've what talked is to my industry. Well, your post industry before, prior, when you were there and in, and in, in doing these locker room interviews, when you're on the field, when you're you know a correspondent for 1090. Yeah, I think it's different for everyone. So, uh, I think it's different based on age. I think it's different based on background. I think it's different for everyone, like every single job. Um, so. I don't know. What, what's your question? Where do you want me to go with this? <laughs> is it as cutthroat as everybody else that I've brought in from the radios? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been very lucky that I've worked around some very, very talented people, but also people that want to see you succeed as well. Um, and those are the people I'm drawn to. Like I want to be around people who, who want to rise all boats in a high tide, you know, like their success is our success. And I know that. And like, we can all do this together. I love the team environment. Like I said, I love being around the team. That's not always the case in the industry. Um, For a lot of reasons, you kind of have to be out for yourself in a lot of situations. Um, So it's not easy Uh, for me. I just had to find a bunch of different things that I loved most. Like I found the things that I really enjoyed. Um, through working with teams and doing play-by-play and reporting and anchoring and all that. Like you learn what you like and what you don't like and maybe things that you don't have to do. You won't really miss if you're not doing them. And so, yeah, it's, it can be very cutthroat. It can be very, very cutthroat because not everyone is on your team. Um, And so you just kind of have to surround yourself with the right people and I think that goes for any industry. And that's that's been my goal. And that's what I continue to try to do. And I mean, part of that is me looking at you right now. Like I, there's certain people I like having in my life um, for a lot of different reasons. And you can't, I mean, it's, those are the people I seek out and you can find those people in our industry. In summation, Mr. Carruth, 
Golsh is coming back. Yes, I'm so excited for that. You're killing it now that the loyal is going to start up all over again. Things are on the up and up. Yeah, things are fun. Things are doing good. I, I, do you have time for that one other question? Someone asked about a butterfly farm. Jerry Jimenez forwarded in a question about, ask him about a butterfly farm. Uh, Shout out to Jerry who came out and did wonderful work on my house. We needed some plumbing work done and I can promise you, I am not that guy. Uh, Jerry was that guy and he came out, he did a really, really good job. So I'm really glad you had him on the podcast. When he came out to do some work, uh, we were just showing him around the house. He met my 10 month old son, Luca, um, introduced him to the family. And then (laughs) I I guess he was enough to ask you the question about it. Do you know what milkweed is? Uh, no. Milkweed is a plant. Uh-huh. Do you know what you do with this plant? I'm going to assume you smoke it. You don't. You don't uh, smoke it at all. Caterpillars, me caterpillars would love to smoke it if they could. They just devour this plant. And it's not like an attractive looking plant. It's nothing special. But I do know that they, uh, they're a huge deal for monarch butterflies. And so we planted a few in our backyard and they've done very, very well. And for whatever reason, we have, maybe it's because we're, I don't know why. Um, I have my theories. I don't know why, but there's just like in our backyard, all it is is monarch butterflies. Like I have photos of my 10 month old son with like butterflies all over him landing on his head. And like <laughs> it's just a whole farm. And it was just based off of planting a few of these milkweed plants. And so he got to see that. So I guess that's why he's asking about my fucking butter. Jerry, dude, drawn to butterflies. Look at this guy. Yeah, I guess he was drawn to the butterflies. <laughs> my Luca loves them. Jerry loves them too. Luca's 10 months old. Jerry's a gold. He's an old ass man now, bro. Jesus Christ. He's a dad. Oh man, you're a dad. I'm, How's that going? I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm, an experience, bro. Oh, it totally is it's an, an experience. experience. And it's a different experience doing it through a pandemic. I, mean, just, I mean, there's definitely pros to it and there's cons to it as so well. So you and wifey went through the whole pregnancy during the pandemic. Yeah. So he was oh, born man. May 21. And so we got like the last two months. Really, it was weird for us. Uh, the timing. My wife, Sierra, was put on bed rest um, like with two months to go in our pregnancy. And so we showed up for a meeting one day, an appointment, and we were just going through our normal appointments, same thing, every couple of weeks, everything was great. And then all of a sudden, like we get to one and the doctor's like looking at whatever chart she's looking at. She's like, I'm gonna be right back. And like left for like five, 10, 15 minutes. Jeez. And we're like, what the, right? what is going on? So like wh- um, our minds are going a million miles per hour. And they come back and they say, we need to take you to Mary Birch right now. Like you have to go to the hospital. It's we're, go time. We're concerned like you're going into labor right now. And she's like, labor? Like I'm not going into labor. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. She, she, didn't, she didn't believe it. Um, and like, no, like you need to go and you need to go now. And so we went and it was just such a rush, dude. Um, so you're there for like the first night. It was a Sunday night. This all happened on a Sunday. We get to Mary Birch on a Sunday night. Um, they're going through more tests. They're concerned like baby's coming too soon. Um, and so we're going through all of that. And that's the moment we get through like five days. Luckily, they're able to calm everything down. And they're like, all right, we're going to be able to send you home. Like it, we're, it doesn't look like you're going to go into labor. This is like five days later, by the way. We're in the hospital for five Jesus days. Jesus Lord. And so like, we're going to go home. And so, but you're going home on bed rest. Like you can't. You can't really do anything. You can't even like walk down the block, like stay, stay in bed pretty much. And so that happened late. two months and that happened in March, right? When everything shut down. Right. So I remember getting the call, San Diego loyal were playing in Tacoma. I believe they were the final match in USL before the shutdown. Cause they had a midweek match 
uh, which was like on a Wednesday, I believe in Tacoma. And like that one had just been like, right afterwards I found out like the rest of the season. Yeah, we had a, a viewing down. party here for that one. Did you? Yeah, okay. and, and it was it was the, it was those crazy times where you didn't know what was next. Like yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, this is coming. This is going to happen." And it's like a lot of uncertainty, and so that's when they pulled the plug. That's when we, as a family, were basically shut down. And they're like, "March, like, don't do anything." Fortunately, he came May twenty one, two months later, and like four days before his uh, original due date, which worked out very very well. Uh, but it, yeah, it's been a wild year because you get the shutdown. That's crazy, man. And then you get the experience of delivery, but with no family. Yeah. No families allowed in there. And so it's a total ghost town. It was for us, at least at Mary Birch. And so like you have this just rush and you're looking around. And I mean, I'm someone who loves support. Like I love having my family around. I love having my friends around. And so like, it, it was such a weird feeling, like have going through all this and like kind of looking around and like, it's, it's my wife and I and Luca, like, that's it. It was us three. No one else was allowed there. And so you're there for a couple of days, obviously afterwards. And it's just a very intimate moment. Um, and it's a very different moment. And then we're going through everything as I'm going through everything as a new dad during a pandemic, which I'm sure changes things a little bit. I feel like maybe being a new dad is basically just being in a pandemic anyway. I mean, Everybody yeah, being a new dad. Down yeah, man, like, there's no, there's no outside world, bro. You're, yeah, you're, so you're I in thought, the zone. I don't think meant much changed actually. Like, and all actuality, good timing. And all actuality, man, we're not really needed during the first six months, maybe even the first year, you know, like I have three little boys and I, I know the routine. It's like, they don't want to be with me, man. They want to be with mom. Mm-hmm. They want to just hang out with mom. So it's like, it is what it is. It's a pandemic. You know, <laughs> I go back to work and the kids are still there. And now, now they're older. You're going to have a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Because my eight, six and three-year-old, you know, my three-year-old right now, he's all about baseball, all about baseball. Every day is like, daddy, let's go hit balls. Let's go hit balls. Let's go hit balls. And I'm like, no, he's like a little Cody Bellinger, bro. He's weird. He has, he's left-handed. He, he stands and he cook, like, like he cocks a bat back like, like a Bellinger. And I'm like, oh man, what the fuck? This is weird. He's a little, looks like a little white kid, man. And I'm like, what the hell is going on What here? is this? <laughs> then my other two, they, they're all into their own things too. They, they like sports. They like video yeah. games. So you can have a lot of fun. I was concerned like if, and he's only 10 months. So I, I think the age probably doesn't really matter. Probably played a bigger impact for you not having the social time for him. So like he didn't get to meet his grandparents for a couple months, you know, like it wasn't something like, all right, we're home now, come down. Like it was still like, uh, the doctors told us on the way home, like, don't you Nobody ever, think yeah, about bringing family yeah. over to your house? Like do not do it. See, my sister went through the similar situation. They, they, they had their first child during the pandemic as yeah. well. He just turned six months. So fucking math tells me he was born, I think in October, November, I'm not too sure. I'm a bad brother, but yeah. And it's like, we were super cautious, man. You know, we've been super cautious. We have elders in our family. My abuelita's 93 years old. You know, my sister and my brother-in-law were pregnant for the first time during the pandemic. My parents are both over 65. I'm in a position where I'm out and about every day. Like I have a lot of things on the agenda that need to get crossed off and I need to do a lot of shit. So I had to make sure I kind of like took it back and not just canceled everything we were doing here in the, in the, in the Emo Brown podcast took it to the pad. We have a fucking tree house. So we did everything outdoors and in the tree house. It's just been crazy. Just yesterday, I gave my grandma, my abuelita, a hug and a kiss for the first time in over a year, dog, you know, and she's 93. So there's nothing guaranteed in any one of our lives, let alone somebody who's 93. And she's been a trooper like through the whole thing. So our vaccinations went through, like we were talking about this earlier. Like I think the term is fully inoculated. I think it is. And like, I'm cool now. 
It's three weeks to the day today that my Johnson and Johnson one came through and now I'm done. You just had your second one. You're getting good. So, I mean, I'm happy that all of these things are slowly dwindling and kind of, I don't even want to say going back to normal because what the fuck is normal anymore? You know, like that's completely different. You work from home now, bro. Right. You were telling me about your-, your I started new, working from home a couple months before the shutdown. So I felt like I was actually ahead of the game in that <laughs> sense. But my wife all of a sudden is working from home and she works in sales for iHeart. And so like, what what is that going to look yeah. like? How soon do they need a sales staff back in there? Like, do you need to spend that time driving in towards the 163 when you can get everything done from home? I think a lot of changes are going to be coming. I, I mean, think at least the opportunity, yeah. I, I, at least the- the vision to be open-minded to be a, yeah. about a lot of it. So yeah, it's, it's not, a fun time to be a parent, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have more kids. If yeah. anything taught me during this pandemic, it's like, all right, thank God these little weenies have each other, man. If, if it was just like a little dude, like if I had one eight year old kid who was quickly removed from all of his social interactions at school in sports, we took them out of jujitsu. They stopped doing soccer. Yeah. They stopped doing baseball. They're out of school. They're at home, you know? So I'm like, fuck, if they didn't have each other, they were legit going to be like isolated from the world. They were just going to have us, you know? Cause we didn't really hang out with my parents throughout, throughout this whole thing. My sister, we, we would just kind of like hang out outdoors, do drive-bys. Hey, what's going on? Hey, yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So it's amazing how different this experience is for people based on like your age and where you are in life. Yeah. So think about like, I don't know what you were doing at 19 years old, but imagine like this happened when you were 19 or what were you doing at 14 years old? Like, would you want this to happen as a bro? I was writing in journals, creating box scores for video games. That's true. <laughs> that was a you, you already was, were shut down anyway. So you didn't even realize. I was social distancing before it was cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're the original. Yeah, I mean, I think about it like, having this happen during the, um, us having our first kid, yeah. like the timing, what would have the pandemic look like if I was uh, living in Point Loma at yeah. the bachelor house yeah. before getting married and all that? Like what would that scene have looked like after such a long amount of time? All um, the Ronas. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it would have been an interesting scene. Uh, what would it have looked like if I was like living at home still? I would have been going crazy. Yeah. Um, and then like, if you are someone who is 90 something years old or 80 something years old, like going through this, yeah. It's got to be scary. You bring up your grandma. My grandma just turned 91. Um, I'm lucky enough to be in the family with someone who just turned 100 years old. That's crazy. Two weeks ago. How about this story? That's so, awesome. He's been going to the same barber in Lucadia for ever, like 25 plus years, right? And the joke that they had for the longest time, she would tell him, if you get to 100, like that's when you get your free haircut. I'm going to keep charging you every single time you show up. But if you come in on your hundredth birthday and she was telling him this when he was like 80 something years old, like 81, 82, she's like, you get it to hundred. That's when you get your free haircut. So what did he do on his 100th birthday a couple weeks ago? He went to cash that check, bro. He went straight to Lucadia, <laughs> saw his barber. Um, it was cool. CBS 8 came out. They did a story. On did they really? It. Yeah. It was, oh, yeah. I saw you put something, I think, about it. You, yeah, you I posted, posted something, something on, on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And so it was just so cool. And like, I can't oh, imagine yeah. all the stuff. He's a World War II vet. He's seen a lot in his century of living, bro. And like to get nuts. a global pandemic at the end. Nuts. He's like, probably been through two. He... Yeah, why does that does math work out? Yeah, I'm not trying. To, I'm trying to figure out the math, but I'm, I'm sure he's been through too. He's like, listen here, kids, been there, done that. He's yeah, gonna not, be all right. Not <laughs> quite too. Is it? No, 1918. Not, I want to say, damn, don't ever fucking quote me on any history. He's just a couple dates. years yeah. after that. Though. Yeah, okay. So don't quote just, me on anything. He had just, but that's isn't that, that just, crazy? Like, think about like where you. What it, how it would have impacted you based on your different stages? Bro, what of have life? we been through in our short lives? You know, we've 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 seen. We, we, we've seen internet 
You know, we, we've seen analog to radio. We've seen it all. We've seen border times get yeah. listed on Google. Crazy. So we don't have to guess. We don't have to fucking go out on my cousin's porch and balcony and tippy toe over the edge and see, okay, there's not a lot of lights. You guys are good to go right now. Literally what we fucking did in Colonia Libertad, like the, the high part, parte alta, looking out of the balcony and be like, all right, you know what? It doesn't look like there's a lot of lights out there. If you guys are going to leave, this is a good time to leave. You would actually just do the eyeball test. Yeah, we would eye it, fool. That's like good. that. I that's what it. it was. We've gone through fucking terrorist attacks. You know, like I always look back and like, fuck, there's people that have grew up during the age of terrorism. There's now people that are going to grow up through the age of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, there are different chapters in our life. I say our young lives, but a hundred years is a fucking big timeline to compare ourselves. You know, you can cut, you can add us together and we're still a quarter century short, bro. Right. You know, we're, we're still, we're, not, we're still not there to it, you know? So it's like, I'm 41, you're 32. And it's like, we still, like you said, your chapters are barely starting. I look forward to like being your homie throughout the next chapters and maybe, you know, like having the kids meet and maybe they'll be competitive with each other and shit. Never know, man. These are all the things I look forward to. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I will say I could probably live 300 years and never build up the experiences that Manny had in his hundred years plus and going strong. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I look forward to it too. Who knows what it's going to look like. All the shit he's seen. Have you ever sat down and talked to him and just kind of recorded? Yes. Oh, and just recorded? Yeah. No, I should though. I talked that my, my abuelita, I said, Hey, um, I want to like, I have like a little handheld. I said, let me just sit down and I want to ask you questions about like my, my grandpa and and then your pop and your, like your family and just kind of like narrow down. Like I wanted to do the exact same thing with my grandma, actually, that you said this. Have you done it? No, we've, we've prefaced it and we talked about it. It's there. Does she respond? I don't know how my grandma would respond to something like that. My grandma is a storyteller, bro. Like, yeah, and you can just tell that she gets lost in her stories. And whatnot. in Spanish, she's like, Cuando era niña en mi pueblo. like, so I want that, you know, she, yeah. my grandma is, she's coherent, bro. She's, she's sharp, you know, she still like ties her hair. She's all about looking nice and, you know, like, you know, taking care of herself. Um, before the pandemic happened, I think I think I talked about this before. My grandma fell and broke her hip, mm. so she had to have surgery to repair her hip, and they put her in um one of those I don't know what do you call them like a a, a ha fuck I don't know where they put senior citizens like in a hospital facility, um and they live there you know and and if you remember those were the homes that got hit the most. Like you weren't allowed to visit, you weren't allowed to leave. So my grandma actually got out a, a week or two prior to all those things getting shut down, you know? And she was, she's, she's a strong woman. She's like, I want to go back to my home in, in Tijuana, you know? And my grandma's been here all her life post 40 years old in San Diego, but she doesn't speak any English, bro. And she acts like she doesn't understand it, but she understands it all. You know, she's like, I don't want to go to Tijuana. I don't want to stay here. I have my house. I have my, my, my plants. I have my birds. I have these things that, you know, she has a routine. Mm -hmm. So my parents are like, no, like that's not happening. Like this is what's going on right now. There's a pandemic. You broke your hip. You're 90 fucking three years old. You're hanging out here. So they, my parents brought her into the house and left her there. And I'm sure that's been a mind fuck for her. She's been independent, bro. Yeah. And I, I'm sure like mentally accepting being that age can't be easy. It can't I know it's be something easy. my grandma was going through, like accepting the age and like needing more and more help. And it's not easy for a lot of the for a lot of people to actually that's admit true, that they need some Cause help. Because I see my abuelita and I look at her and sometimes she just looks sad and I'll ask my mom, she goes, you know, she's in she's in an emotional state today. And you got to think like, that's what they're battling on a daily basis. Like, is this it? Like I'm 93 and, and I'm in this room because I can't go anywhere, you know? And it's like, fuck. Yeah. I've been thinking, it's interesting that you're bringing it up and I don't know if it has anything to do with anything. We're fucking cares dog. This is, this is like, what we talk about on the podcast. I, it's <laughs> stuff I've been thinking too. Cause like, I can't imagine how difficult it is to kind of like face that 
um, everything she's going through. My grandma's been in and out of the hospital a lot lately. And so like having to face that, but not only having to face it, like her husband died years ago. Yeah. So like she's having to do a lot of this. Bro, now, do we, we have, have the same grandma? We have, <laughs> oh really? Like is that the same yeah. situation? Cause that crosses my mind. Like it's going to be hard no matter what, but it would at least be a little easier if you had someone that you loved like in that way to talk about it with. And now mm -hmm. she'll talk to us about it, of course. And we're up there. My mom's like her caregiver for the most part. Um, we do get some help, but to kind of like have to accept a lot of that, which isn't easy to accept and to have to almost do it by yourself. She's not by herself. She has a lot of family. Like she lives in Fallbrook. My mom also lives in Fallbrook, lived, moved pretty close to her. Um, so she has family around her, but the idea that you're having to like go through the health issues at that age during a pandemic and you're somewhat by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's really easy to kind of just like focus in on that and be like, how, how do you make this better? How do you like improve this? But here we are. It's a crazy time, it's man. Life, I could, man. I could not understand. Cause now look, when I, when I became a dad for the first time, for me, that flipped a switch. All of a sudden I felt like, okay, now I have a purpose. Now I got something to do. Now I've got someone to look after and I have to, you know, like be better. And, and that was always in my head. And that's what prompted me to stop like the career. Like even put that into the the atmosphere. Like I got to get out of what I'm currently doing, finance, banking. It's a sturdy job, but it's not going to allow me the time to go hang out and be with my kids and raise my kids, you know? Like something inside me switched and everything was just, I became more of like an emotional dude. Like I, I just start feeling more, you know? Before that I was, I'm a prick still. I don't, I'm not like, oh, I'm an asshole. Oh, I'm proud of that. I'm an asshole because that's just how, how I am. Like, I like to shoot the shit. I like to bust balls. But as soon as I had kids and now that I'm a dad and a fucking father, it's just different game, man. I feel like everything I do, I have to plan it out. It's no more just, oh, fuck it, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do that. And it, everything requires a little bit of planning. And if it, I hated when dudes gave me advice, but here I'm going to be that dude to you. It's like, just enjoy every moment that you have with them, dude. Now during the pandemic, you know, more than anybody else, shit changes from day to day. We lose people. And, and, and then that's a, that's a wrap, you know? So it's like, for me, it flipped the switch and I just have to be more centered. And wifey and I have this conversation. It's like, you know what? You stopped working your regular career so you can do this and, and, and have more time for us. And currently it's not like that. Like I'm putting a lot of energy, time and effort into the projects that are like the brewery, the bar, the podcast, mm -hmm. the work and everything else. And I tell everybody, you know what? This has a, an end game. It's not like our career, the career I had, that, that was just forever. You know, that, that had a ceiling. It's a cap. I'm not... I'm going to be there forever until I retire. And then there's still a cap. I said, at least with here, I can go balls to the wall and I'll get rewarded based on how hard I work and how much I produce. Yeah. And it's interesting you say it that way. That was a huge reason. And I'm pretty sure you and I had a very similar conversation at Petco Park more than a year ago about this. Oh, you were high. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we had this conversation, but yeah, same, same exact thing. And just the impact of it all. <sighs> I don't even remember how we started this podcast, but it ended awesome. It did. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It started with me outside doing a radio interview with Darren Smith. I think I was talking SDSU baseball a couple moments. There ago. it is. But yeah, man, on, honestly, dude, that that's this, this podcast is just about that. Like, uh, obviously I, I look up to the shit that you do, bro. You're awesome. Everything you've done. Uh, I I'm jealous. I've always wanted to do those things, you know, like what you and Darren have done, create the show, create the podcast, create an opportunity to represent our, lo our only local professional football team, the fucking the loyal, like that's rad, you know, but behind all that, there's like motivations, there's reasons, there's circumstances, there's opportunities, there's things that lead you to open the certain doors that you choose to open. You close doors, 
not no, not necessarily knowing what other doors are going to be there to fucking open later on. Mm-hmm. But you did it, and look at you now. Everything's working out. You're a daddy. You're a homeowner. You're married. Everything's going up. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, dude. it's good just for you. Taking more ownership of it all, which I think was the most important thing for me. Like finding myself things that like I can actually build and grow and be a part of long term. Get my get get the. Uh, I don't know. There's there was a lot of reasons I wouldn't do a lot of it. So. I'm in a good spot right now. I'm excited to be down at Three Punk Ales on a Friday, drinking a beer at one o'clock or whatever time. And we got emo brown today, bro. We got we got emotional at the end. We got we we tapped into the emotions. Yeah, we talked Fuck about yeah. familia, man. That's good what it's job, all about. Bro. I mean, who's not just like focused on family after everything? We've after everything through. that's gone on now, bro. Like legit. If you still don't know that family is at the root of everything that you're doing, at the root of everything that requires you to be at one hundred, yeah. you're missing out. <laughs> the idea, like my. My dad and my mom couldn't come down to like visit Luca for months after he was born. How's that like, going that's now? Their first grandkid, you okay. know, like I'm, I'm the only one. And so no siblings, only child. Uh, I'm the, yeah. My sister actually died a couple years ago. I had oh, a younger man. sister. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's not having them not come down for months to meet him Ugh. and, it's a great reminder. Everything we've gone through for the past year and Jordan, a half. you're fucking killing it, bro. How important. You're doing an is. awesome job. Yeah, it sounds like you and I took a very similar approach to things. So I like that. It makes me feel. That's good. what. Then you know what? It's not a like. Pre, I, I feel like these things, like these connections and these relationships that I've developed lately, like in the last couple of years, three, five years, like I legitimately feel that they all serve a purpose. Like I tell my wife, it's like you know what? I trim the fat a lot on people who I feel like don't really feed a certain, uh, uh, something that I require, you know? Like we take vitamins for a reason, you know? Why can't our relationships be that same way? You know, and, and I told wifey and I sat down and I, just, I can't associate or talk to people or, or encourage relationships that I, I'm not growing from. Mm-hmm. I have to slowly, without trying to be an asshole, like separate from them and just say, okay, acquaintances and friends, yeah, you know? And, and that's what it's gonna be. People I know and people who know me. And that's where it's gonna be, you know? Yeah. People can be a drug, man. They could either leave you feeling really good or they can mm-hmm. leave you feeling really bad after you hang out with certain people. So like, wh- who do you want to fill your life around? Yeah. Like, who do you want to kind of build with? So damn, did we become the same person today too? I we have the same so. grandma. Dude, we might've been, fuck, whatever. Jordan Carruth, it was fucking awesome to have you for the first half and talk sports and have you for the second half and actually tap into Emo Brown shit. That was rad, bro. Yeah, I love you, brother. Thank so, you for coming I'm in, excited man. for Golsh for that return. Excited for loyal season to start here very soon. I'm excited for your growing family. And excited for you to meet Luca soon. So like when you get out to a loyal game, I can't wait to have Luca down there. Like that's part of it. As much fun as you've had um, as a dad, like going to Padre games with your kids Mm -hmm. and just interacting with sports, whether it's baseball, soccer, jujitsu, um, the idea of taking Luca to a baseball game for the first time ever coming up. Is that coming this year? I would imagine so. Yeah. Nice. And San Diego loyal will happen even quicker. He's going to go to a loyal match before he's going to go to a Padres. So he doesn't have a football jersey yet. He has a Chelsea pajamas. He has mm-hmm. a Chelsea shirt, no actual like jersey. So if you're thinking of sending him a United jersey. He looks good in red. Please don't. We might give him a little chicharrito jersey or something, bro. <laughs> I'll let him make his own decisions, of course, but. <sighs> He's going to be a Hotspur could, fan dog. All right. I'll, I'll <laughs> let him make almost any decision he wants. He can't He can't root for the, uh, the Chargers of the Premier League. Jordan, it was awesome to get to know you even more than I already have. Thank you for coming down here, bro. Hopefully everyone enjoys this conversation as much as you and I did, bro. This was awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for having me.